Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Welcome in. It is Wesson Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Willie in for Walker. Wes Bryant alongside. It is a football Friday in the Queen City of Charlotte. We're happy to be with you here on this 16th day of December 2022. And Wes, uh, this is probably the biggest game we've seen at the bank in quite a while. And I couldn't be more hyped for it than I am right now. I, I wish they were playing it today. That's how excited I am when it comes to this game. Yeah, man. I mean, a lot is on the line. You've got a favorable matchup with the team that you are chasing. So, yeah, I would imagine for Panther Nation, it definitely is exciting. And you have a flagship franchise coming in with fans, arrogant fans that will be coming in here popping off. So that'll make it all the more fun. Although I will say this, and Max spoke to this this morning, we really haven't had the kind of chirping that we usually hear from from the black and gold nation that is the Steeler fans and the Yinzers and the Telebral Towel waving. The Yinzers. You know, Yinzers. You know, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they say. The, the, those those people have not been as vocal as we're used to hearing them in previous years. And, you know, we see it, you know, basically once every preseason because when we don't play them in the regular season, we get them for that final game usually here. And so as a result, I do feel like for a lot of people – this represents an opportunity for a franchise you've only beaten once ever in your franchise's history. So yeah. from that perspective, I do feel like this is uncharted territory for Panther fans. There is a little bit of that feeling, though, from some people who are looking at it and saying, hey, you know what? You know, let's let's not touch the money yet. Let's, you know, let this thing play out and not get so nervous. People are worried about the Mac curse and all these other things <laughs> that have nothing to do with the actual football. Yeah. When you break it down to the actual football, Wes, I do feel like the Panthers matchup favorably against the Steelers. And I think what they do well coincides with what the Steelers have struggled to do, namely stopping the run and namely having the kind of offense we're used to seeing from the Steelers. Well, no doubt about it. And so when you're coming in running a football like you guys have since week seven, the Panthers are fifth in the league in rushing. So that definitely bodes well. And that's the key to success for this team because Mr. Foreman, in their four wins, has rushed for 108.8 yards a game, only 55 in the losses. So that's the key to the Panthers' success, that and not turning over the football. So you would think on paper that the Panthers and the Steelers, the Steelers are lined up for them, like Clubber Lane said in Rocky. said he's tailor-made for me, and he's going to get hurt. So I guess that's how the Panther fans are feeling right now. Now, <laughs> I also want us to kind of project a little bit because mm-hmm. – Win or lose, the season's not necessarily over, Mm -hmm. but it goes a long way in telling what the story is for the rest of this season in the final three games. You've got Detroit, Tampa, and the Saints. Not in that order. Saints before Tampa. But I do feel like this is the jumping off point, and I feel like a lot of, in a lot of ways, yesterday or last week was a jumping off point too against Seattle. But this is the jumping off point that will tell us, okay. Steve Wilkes actually has an opportunity 
to earn this job or doesn't he? I think a lot of people feel like last week went a long way for him getting that gig. But I do feel like that is also contingent on making sure you finish the job and you don't swoon out in the final three, four weeks of the season. Yeah, I mean, he has a lot of opportunity in front of him. We talked about earlier this week how, you know, the different interim coaches and how things turned out for them. But all he can do with, uh, you know, as far as coach speed goes, all he can do is control what he can control. And that's just continue, continuing to win games. And this is a game you want to get as well because especially, you know, the Detroit Lions are hot, that offense, the way they've been playing. But that's next week. But that's still a team as you look ahead to say, okay, you don't want to lose this one because you have an even tougher opponent coming in next week. But for Wilkes, like I said, all he can do is control what he can control, which is winning games week by week. And these are the games that you have to get when you have a 5-8 and eight football team coming in. You guys have really good momentum, and you have to continue uh, to protect the bank. And this is the game that you should win. If you lose this, I feel like it's damning for Wilkes and his chances. Maybe not takes it out uh, take takes him out of it completely, but this will be one that people will look at that will be a head scratch and say, well, is he the right guy? Oh, there's plenty, there's plenty of that going around, and we also would love to hear from you as we do every day on the Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610. That is the Garage Door Guru text line. We'll talk today to Andrew Filipponi of 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. We'll do that here coming up later on this hour, but before we do that, let's get off the bus. Oh. <laughs> and we look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Kick it! That was good enough, Colin. Colin sitting in for our, our good friend uh, Josh Marlowe. Uh, by the way, Ben from Kannapolis has put forth a fallacy of a stat. He says the Steelers are ranked seventh in the league in rush defense, so I'm not really sure how much which we match well up with that. Uh, the one that I'm looking at says Where 15. See that? Yeah, I see 15. I see 15, and and the, and the number that's even more important to me is the last three, because in the last three, they are seventh, and by seventh, I mean seventh most, as in yards allowed on average through the last three weeks that's 157 per game in that last three including 200 plus against the Ravens last week and that is by the way with a Ravens team that went down to their third string quarterback you knew everybody from Baltimore to the North Shore to the Inner Harbor anybody in the city of Baltimore or Pittsburgh knew that they were running the football and they couldn't stop it Wes that's the point that's just not your grandpa's Pittsburgh Steelers. This is not the steel curtain by any stretch of the imagination. As I said, this Panthers offensive line that's been playing great football, fifth in the league in pass blocking grade and have been one of the better uh, offensive lines in the league. They've improved a lot this season. They have to be very excited to go up against this football team. As I said, top 10 in the league in rushing uh, since week seven. So, uh, yeah, they're lined up right for the Panthers for the picking. One of the things I've also come to realize is that the city's a lot different when the Panthers are winning. Mm -hmm. I, I have unfortunately been blessed with a lot of Panther malaise in my time here. I have not gotten to experience meaningful December football in this city, and we believe it's return to the Carolinas. How important is this final month, not just instilling hope in this franchise, instilling hope in the fan base, and also spinning things forward to the offseason? Because you could argue, even if they don't make the playoffs, they can kind of have the first fruits of 
looking like they've turned the corner if they have a representative showing in the final four or five weeks of the season. It depends on what side of the fence you are on. There's that one that you just said, and then there's the one that's saying, hey, we need to get ourselves in a position to get the quarterback of the future, especially if we don't make it to the playoffs, especially if we should falter down the stretch and lose some games that people don't think that they would necessarily lose. So it just depends. Uh, But as we talked about yesterday with the way this offensive line has been playing, is it becoming a desirable place? For a rookie or for a veteran quarterback that may hit the market, we never know who may do that. But certainly, as far as just from the way it's supposed to go, the way you want it to go, if you're able to win games down the stretch, that leaves you with good morale heading into the offseason. You feel good about what where you're going, and you feel like you're on the way up as far as trajectory. That is Wes Bryant, Willie P. here with you in for Walker Mail on Weston Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. One more on the Garage Door Guru text line. This guy says, I got a question about Wilkes. He made comments last week where he said management and ownership were in tank mode, and they were winning anyway. Do you think it bothered or hurt his chances by throwing them under the bus? I have seen this particular quote from Wilkes taken out of context by multiple people, including national people over the last week, Mm -hmm. and people who didn't understand the context that he clarified in the very next question from Joe Person after the Seattle game. He said, no, I wasn't referring to anything inside our building. Those were the whispers and conversations happening outside the building. Mm -hmm. Steve Wilkes never said, quote, the tank is on, the jig is up, we're not Mm -hmm. supposed to win. He never said that at all. That was Mm -hmm. not a directive or anything from inside that building. And I've had multiple people who actually have said this to me, saying that, hey, you know, this is not something that was said. We need to dispel this rumor. But I do feel like there is some sort of power in the fact that they at least know and hear what people had been saying about them. Mm-hmm. How long does something like that? How long does that feeling last of wanting to prove somebody, you know, wrong? Can you can you carry that through a season, or is that something that has a shelf life that expires at some point throughout the downstretch season? Nah, when a team has a chip on their shoulder, it's always going to last. That's a mantra for the season. You hear it brought up in every workout, every practice, everything. Whenever things are looking down, you always remind yourself of what the naysayers are saying. Now, I do disagree with you to an extent. I do, I felt like those comments were a little bit more than maybe meets the eye because I just wonder why, even if that's the perspective you want to come back and say that it was, why you even say that in the first place with we talked about this earlier in the week with what Hugh Jackson said about being told to tank with the Brian Flores lawsuit and all of those type of things, just kind of putting the eyes on the Panthers in that sense to where the national media is talking about it. Maybe the NFL does check into and see what's going on behind the scenes. I thought, I'm not sure that that will hurt him from getting the job, but I do think that that was not, that was an ill time comment for him to say. And I felt like he probably should have just kept that down and or prefaced it by saying the fans said that because to come back later mm. and have to clarify that makes me feel like eh, I don't know if that's really really what you meant or if that's really how it went down. I am of the conspiracy theorist uh, posse so I definitely don't always buy into everything at surface level. Plenty today on Panthers Steelers including uh, in about 10 minutes we will talk with Andrew Filippone who you hear most weekends on CBS Sports Radio here on 92.7 WFNZ. He is of the uh, 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. You will do a little scene set with him. He is in town today for that contest on Sunday. So we will uh, talk with him about that coming up here on Sports Radio 93.7 WFNZ. This news just coming in. Uh, Gordon Hayward 
According to himself and also other published reports, uh, Woj was out with it last night. He sounded optimistic, according to Rod Boone, who was at the shoot-around this morning, that he'll be able to play tonight against the Atlanta Hawks. He has missed the last nine games with a left shoulder scapula fracture. According to Rod, he said, I've been feeling better and better with time for my bone to heal. My intentions are to warm up tonight and see where I'm at. We kind of saw this on Wednesday with LaMelo. Yeah. This would be the most hole the Hornets had been yes, in basically yes, ages. Yes. Mm-hmm. And against a weakened soul with the Atlanta Hawks team, is this the start of a Hornet turnaround, Wes? It could be. Uh, I still thought at full strength this team would probably be in that lotto mix outside looking in at best play in. But with you getting this guy back, it is a chance for us to see what this team is going to look like. As you said, almost whole with some more firepower going up against a division rival that has lost five of their last six coming into this game. They don't have DeJounte Murray. So if Gordon is able to play, I fully expect the Hornets to take aim at the Hawks and do their job and get a daggum win. Exactly. And you have still two guys out in Cody and DSJ. They're two top defenders. So I don't know what Gordon's going to do for them defensively. He is a much better organizer on the floor. We've talked about his role as the adult in the room and the guy who at least kind of makes everybody somewhat feel a lot more relaxed. Yes. Does he do enough for you from a schematic standpoint to help this defense and also just lengthen the lineup a little bit. You're not having to rely on Kelly Oubre for 40 minutes. You're not having to rely on Jalen McDaniels for 40 minutes. This is something that actually helps the Hornets from a rotation standpoint, provided that he can go a representative amount of minutes. Yeah, I don't think defensively it's going to change much. It's going to have to come from this whole team and their mentality. We saw at times last year when they really wanted to play defense, the results were good. So it's going to come down to this team after their coach called them out, after what he said, for them to decide within themselves that we've had enough. We're going to come out and play defense. We're going to play hard on both ends and get this win. But as far as offensively, it's always helpful to get a bucket getter uh, back into that lineup, a guy that you know is one of the better players on your team and is going to make this team this much more whole to give a fans a chance to see what this team can be like. I was on CSL last night with our guys Will Kunkel, uh, Lissette, and, uh, and Gabe, mm-hmm. and they were talking about defense as a choice versus being a skill. Mm-hmm. I think it's both, but Me I do too. feel like you can choose to play good defense, but you also can be still pretty bad at defense or held back by your own limitations. Like, for the, for example, Terry Rozier is a six-foot guard. Mm-hmm. There are going to be a lot of people who can score over him. In mm-hmm. fact, the majority of the NBA can score over him. He, br- he brings maximum effort, but dudes can get past him. Dudes can shoot over him. That's something that's beyond what you can do. You're hoping that his offense carries him. LaMelo Ball, still in a work in progress. Probably doesn't do as well defending without fouling, but does step in the passing lanes, does representative scoring. The way that this team had succeeded over the last two and a half years, they overcame their defensive inconsistencies by doing enough things outside of that, whether it was stepping in passing lanes, rebounding, doing some of the other things, and also scoring quite a bit in order to make that happen. Where do you think they are falling short outside of just playing defense? I mean, you you mean as far as just other facets other of the facets game? Other facets of the game. Oh, I mean, like Coach said, rebounding. It's just a toughness, a mentality to, as he said all the time, go hit somebody. Go put a body on a body. How many games have we seen this year? Second chance points hurting them because guys are ball watching, not uh, trying to crash the boards and find a guy to hit to keep them from getting the rebounds. We saw hurt them uh, probably the most in that Clippers game. So I would certainly say rebounding and guys just being physical. 
It is Weston Walker, Willie P. in for Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We have gotten off the bus, and now we turn our attention fully to Panthers and Steelers. Sunday at the bank, man who is here just specifically for that game from the Steel City. Andrew Filipponi of the Pony Express on weekend CBS Sports Radio and from 93.7 The Fan will join us next. Willie in for Wes, or Willie in for Walker with Wes (laughs) on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, Wes and Walker, Willie in for Walker. You heard Kyle talking about it. You heard Mac and Bone talking about it. You heard Jeff talking about it. It's the big game this weekend. Panthers and Steelers at the bank. Our coverage begins right here 10 o'clock on Sunday from the Jack Daniels Doghouse. Our countdown to kickoff show. KB and Mac have you from there. And we'll take you all the way up until kickoff at 1 o'clock at Bank of America Stadium. I will have the post game following the contest at around 4 o'clock until 6. And then we will have a Hornet game on Sunday night. A Hornet game tonight as well. So a lot going on this weekend in the city of Chicago. Charlotte. We're going to be joined by Andrew Filipponi to talk about this game very much and, and very quickly. What do you think the crowd's going to look like on Sunday? Do you think it's going to be 50-50? Do you think it'll be 70-30 Steelers? Or do you think that we will have representative amount of Panther fans showing up on Sunday? I'm going to go with 50-50. Um, anytime the Panthers play a flagship team in the NFL, there's always good representation of the other team, whether it be the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Steelers. And that flagship uh, institution known as the Minnesota Vikings, randomly. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't see a team like the Steelers coming in here, no matter how good or bad they are, with fans who, there are a lot of transplants from Pennsylvania here and up north that are Steelers fans, and they don't come here that often, so I can't see them passing up the opportunity to see their beloved Steelers uh, in person. Truth be told, uh, there are a lot of Steelers fans I see in that building when we're not playing the Steelers. Like I said, see, there's a <laughs> yeah. lot of times you see random jerseys just around, whether it's Bank of America Stadium or around the doghouse that make their way in, in terms of, uh, of trying to make things happen as uh, we're welcomed in studio by uh, a man who is here specifically for this game uh, coming up this, on Sunday. I think this is our first in studio guest that we've had. It is very much. So. Here, really? yeah, yeah. On Weston Walker. We've only been a show for a month. So, not, so this is like a, uh, a historic moment. Yeah, I was going to say, hopefully this is going to go up on uh, a podcast page or something. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, you'll definitely be podcasting, my man. Good. <laughs> Andrew Phillips. What's up, guys? How are you? What's up? What's up, baby? Joining Trying us. i to get my headphones straightened out here. It's taking two so, guys to do it. Thank so, you. It's all good. From 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. Great radio station up there. All right, there now I can hear myself. Good. In, uh, in Pittsburgh. What is the vibe you're getting from? No, there's no vibe. From Steeler fans right no, they're, now. They're dead. There's no really? pulse. Yeah, it's over. Wow, yeah. Th- that bad, huh? Yeah. yeah, that's what Sunday against the Ravens did to everybody. Mm. I've never seen it this. I've never seen it this uh, defeatist, really? where it's thrown in the towel. Let's already think about the draft. Who are we going to fire? <laughs> Who are we going to get rid of? Is Mike Tomlin really in that kind of danger? No, no, he's like a pope or Supreme Court justice. They'll never <laughs> get rid of him. <laughs> they should though. They should trade him to the Panthers. 
That's, I want David Tepper to call out Rooney and say, give me my coach back. There, there are a lot they of should. people, and uh, it was actually on your radio station talking about that this. That was with, me. That was with, me and Mike Florio who said that with us. I don't know if you guys got wind of that. Oh, we, we, uh, We've we been talking about it ever since it happened yesterday. Um, how much smoke do you really feel like there is from, from that perspective? Uh, the, the Steelers are so conservative, they'd never do it. I mean, Tepper could call up and say, we'll give you the John Gruden deal, and I still think Art would say no. <laughs> That's crazy. I know. That drives me nuts. Go ahead, Wes. So what do you think about coming into this game and as far as, well, for one, what's the quarterback situation looking like? What's the latest on Kenny Pickett? Uh, I don't think he'll play. The last time this happened with him, uh, when he was concussed, uh, he came back for Miami without missing a game, and he was full go and practice the whole week. This week, he's only done stuff on the side, even though they weren't pads on Wednesday. Uh, and he's got like a new helmet thing going on. They put a visor on it. I don't know. I don't have a good feeling about him this week. I don't really need to see him this week. Their <laughs> season's over. They're five and eight. He He's played well the last month. I want to see him at least one more time before the season's over, but I wouldn't rush him back. He's had two concussions already this year. What have you thought about what you've seen from him? Because I'm an ACC guy. I also work for the ACC Digital Network. So well, congratulations on all your success, man. Uh, thank you. He, I've I've seen plenty of Kenny Pickett, and so I feel like now I'm getting into the mode where yep. you know I'm rushing the quarterbacks. I feel like if they're not coming in, showing some signs of dominance early, that he's a bust. And I know Kenny's thrown a lot of interceptions, but what is the perception of him there? Are they happy with him? Are you happy with him? No, the perception there is that they want everybody to be Big Ben in his prime. So everyone, all most of our my listeners feel like he's been a disappointment or he's underachieved this year. He hasn't. Uh, he hasn't thrown an interception in his last four games. They went three in one of those games. The one game they lost was to Cincinnati, and they scored 30 points, and they were great in the first half with him. He's going to be fine. Their offensive coordinator's a numbskull, just a complete <laughs> boob. Has, you know, we used to think about, about, about our uh, offensive you, coordinator. You, Matt Canada was at NC State. The guy's a absolute journeyman college offensive I coordinator. I love the only reason why he's the Steelers' offensive coordinator is because when Maryland had that horrible tragedy, mm -hmm. remember DJ Durkin was the coach there. Player Correct. died on his watch. He got fired. So Matt Canada was promoted as the interim coach there. So he couldn't get anybody to go to school there. Mm -hmm. His first scholarship was to Tomlin's son, Dino Tomlin. Mm. So they have a long relationship. He was at Pitt for a year. It's a, it's a classic, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know situation. That's why he's the Steelers' offensive coordinator. LSU burned through the guy in one year. He went there, he sucked. They brought Joe Brady, and they won the national championship the next year. We don't talk, about, figure. We don't talk about that name so, in this city anymore. <laughs> so to, to, to get back to Kenny Pickett, he's going to be really good. I'm still stunned you guys didn't draft him. I was at his pro day. I was Ben McAdoo and Matt Rule, they basically pulled a, me, uh, a measuring stick out of their pocket to go over the guy's hand size. I mean, I've never seen coaches so close to a player in a pro day environment before. They're practically as close to me as I am to you right now over his shoulder. I thought for sure Tepper was going to force them to take the pit guy. You know, I'm uh, I'm hearing right now out of Nebraska, I think Matt Rule is actually taking some credit for Kenny Pitt's success like he he's done be. like he's done for everything else over the course of the last couple of weeks on that uh, redemption tour of his in Lincoln, Nebraska. As we're talking with Andrew Filippone, 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. Panthers and Steelers on Sunday. Big game for the Panthers to try and get themselves back inside. Heck yeah, it is. I'm jealous of you guys. Inside the NFC South. Mm -hmm. what, what is the, because you, you host a national show on this on this network as well, what is the perception for you from 30,000 feet of where the Carolina Panthers are? Um, well, I would have said probably a month ago 
that you were a directionless franchise. Mm. I probably would have said you're like maybe a half dozen teams in the NFL that has absolutely no clue where they're going, who the coach is going to be, who the quarterback is. Like you're at that point in purgatory. You're in the desert as a franchise. But I've liked Wilkes. I think Wilkes, to me, the stuff that you guys are doing with the offensive linemen, if Mike McDaniel was doing that, oh my God, they'd have Dan Orlovsky would be sweating on NFL uh, <laughs> primetime talking about it. Seriously. It's, it's funny. I mean, that was really smart of them to do that. That, to me, is a mark of a good coach. He's not an offensive coach. He's letting his offensive assistants put their best personnel on the field. And teams haven't caught up to it yet. I think that's a stroke of brilliance by them. I love that. It's funny. you got to love that as a former offensive lineman, what they're doing with that Arby's package. Oh, yeah, man, definitely. I love the road graders, for sure. I, I uh, It's funny you mentioned McDaniel. I was on this radio station earlier this week saying I wanted the, the young, acne-filled, offensive-minded coach, basically Mike McDaniel 2.0. Oh, I've been saying the same thing about the Steelers, so we're blockstep on that. But but now <laughs> Wil- Wilkes has very much won me over with the way that this team plays for him. There's also a lot of support in the Steeler locker room we've come to hear about Mason Rudolph. Now, oh. from that perspective, <laughs> oh, I think we're all kind of looking at that and being like, eh, you know, because Mason's obviously local to this area. And so is he? How close is what is it? Rock Hill, South Rock, Carolina? Yeah, Rock, Rock, Rock Hill man. is actually where I live. So I live about oh, a half you know hour him? away. I didn't know him necessarily. Okay. He was there way before I got there. But uh, now Football City USA claims Mason Rudolph. And as a result, uh, that kind of put our uh, our antennas up a little bit. Uh, how much do you think that's a real thing? Or do you think that's just kind of bluster? Well, I've... You're, you're, it depends when you catch me. So right now, I'm going to tell you guys, if I had to, I, I'll do it. I would predict that Trubisky starts at quarterback mm. on Sunday. So That's ha- kind of an as the wind blows thing is what you're telling me. They've mangled this quarterback thing so bad. Uh, they They signed Trubisky and they didn't have a true quarterback competition. Now, you guys had a situation, I think, with Darnold and Mayfield in training camp, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. We we, th- we thought it was fake, but turns out after the way we saw Baker play, it might have been more real than we but thought what, it but, was. But, but weren't they alternating <laughs> first team reps and they preseason were. games? They were. Yeah, see, we didn't were. do we didn't do any of that. Trubisky took just about every first team rep in practice and and played with the first team in every preseason game. There was no quarterback competition, so that alienated Rudolph who thought he was going to be given when Ben retired a chance to be the starter. He didn't. Now he hates the organization. When he talked on Tuesday, he said, I love the team. And then he caught himself and he said, hold on. I love my teammates. Mm. So he's, you know, he's over this team. He's ready for a fresh start. Somebody somewhere else. He'll take the opportunity to start, but he wants nothing to do with the Steelers moving forward. And then so, so you're telling me he's lucky that the check is still <laughs> cashing every two weeks. Is what you're telling me. To be the third stringer is doing nothing. Yes. And then pick it was put behind the eight ball. Even the offensive coordinator, like I said, is, is is a dummy. But he, they've admitted that when he went in and started that first Buffalo game, he had no chemistry or cohesion with his wide receivers because he never worked with those guys. So long story short, I think it'll be Trubisky because now that Kenny's in concussion protocol, the only real reason from what I've been told that Rudolph has gotten any kind of real reps in practice this week is because he hasn't had any reps all year. And if something were to happen to Mitch in this game, they didn't want Rudolph to go in completely cold. Now, I would not rule out if Mitch struggles in the first half. Tomlin says, what the hell? Mason, you got the second half. But I think right now Mitch starts. Well, I'm definitely familiar with Mason Rudolph. I, I keep up with high school football pretty good, especially around here. So I remember in high school, he was a, a monster down there. But, he, was you know, North, he was Northwestern, right? That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, so I would ask you, just coming into this game, it's such a big one for the Panthers. Who are the guys on offense and defense for the Steelers that they have to mm-hmm. be mindful of that can absolutely wreck the game for them and cause a upset? I love questions like this. He's pretty good, this guy. He's all I right. Like, I, I like questions that, like that. Man. He's very intuitive. Uh, <laughs> so offensively, Pickens is the dude. Oh, Georgia wide receiver, second round pick. If he didn't blow out his knee uh, his last year there, he would have been a first round pick easy. He is a little bit of a hothead. You know, can get into teammates and coaches when he's not getting the ball. So we've already seen some of that this year. But he is a great, great player. He's better than Deontay Johnson is one of the most overpaid uh, wide receivers in the entire NFL. He's eight, making eighteen million. They signed him this offseason. Pickens in his first year has already blown him out of the water. Big athlete, throw it up to him, can run by it, can do, can do it all. You guys have good corners, though. Mm-hmm. So that's the one guy you'd have to probably circle offensively. Not so much Najee Harris. Najee has not lived up to the first round grade at all. I'm just saying this for our listeners so that they hear it. Pony says we have good corners. That includes J.C. Horn. It's okay to like J.C. Horn and be okay with the fact that we didn't take Justin Fields for the 970th time now, on this radio I didn't radio say that. Station. I'd much rather have Fields. Oh, I'd get on that. Come on, now, Pony. Following up with that with Najee Harris, because I was going to ask you. you about that. Is it the offensive line or is it yes. Najee Harris? Because you said he's been okay. It's both. It's both bad. Yeah. The offense. I mean, we got. This is one of the things that annoyed me about what the Steelers did. They don't pay us. The, they don't pay assistant coaches. They've got the lowest payroll for assistant coaches in the entire NFL. It's really an indictment on ownership more than it is Tomlin. But what we did this offseason was we just decided what was good for a team that was coming off another season without a playoff win is let's just hire your the Carolina Panthers rejects. So the guys that Matt Rule fired, we hired. So Pat Myers, the Steelers' offensive line mem- coach now. Remember him. And Frisman Jackson is the Steelers' wide receivers coach. Remember him. Because, you know, when you're trying <laughs> to get back to your winning ways, you just take guys that were let go by a 5-11 and 11 team. Mike Tomlin, so, speaking as we speak right now, I didn't mean to cut you off no, there, Scott. Andrew, uh, but apparently the Steelers listing Kenny Pickett is doubtful for yeah, Sunday. That means no. That means he won't play. And uh, he was a partial participant again in practice, and he'll get concussion protocol clarity tomorrow. They're going to announce a starter on Saturday. But the offensive line is not good it's played better uh run blocking couple games there they were not very good but they get then again they abandoned it against baltimore harris only touched the ball twice in the second half but he had a liz frank injury in training camp then they played him in the preseason it got worse and i don't think he's been healthy all year i think he's playing at less than 100 percent. he's not the explosive power back that he was at alabama so flipping over to the defensive side saying who can wreck the game we know high smith is coming in here hometown kid i like him charlotte what do you think about the matchup with him and Iki Aquana? That's going to be a good one. Mm. That's one of the reasons why I'm still not completely self-loathing for coming to this game. Because <laughs> when I when the alarm went off at 4:45 to come here, I'm like, what? What? What am I doing here? The Steelers are five and eight. The Panthers fans care way more about the game. But um, no, that that that's a that's a good one. I like Highsmith. I don't know if you guys have ever had him on here. He's a really He's a smart kid. kid. Yeah, he really is. He's got a good head on his shoulders. Great story to go from Charlotte uh, into the NFL. Now it really helps that TJ Watts on the other side. But I'll be blunt with you guys. Since he's come back from his pec injury. He's not been the same player. I was going to ask you, uh, he why, gets what, what has been with him? Is it, is it still the injury or yeah, what? Yeah, he's got three injuries right now. He's got pec, he's got rib, he's got knee. He's an operation board. He's got all three injuries. Rib knee, uh, knee needed scoped when he was out with the pec injury, had surgery. And then ribs got hurt, I think, in his second game back. He said at his locker the other day, it hurts like hell. I'm not even really sure why he's playing. 
to me, you've got nothing to gain with him. You're five and eight. Put him on ice. You've paid him a hundred and something million dollars. Let's not screw with this guy and hurt him for next year. He is on Twitter at the Pony Express. That's P O N I Express. You can hear him at two o'clock on ninety three seven The Fan in Pittsburgh. I warn you, if you try to order coleslaw in this city, it is. Just caked in Duke's Mayo. It's not the same thing that it is in Pittsburgh. We love Duke's Mayo. That's I'm a big fan. Th- we're a Duke's Mayo family. We're That's not good. a Hillman's family. That's good. We go Duke's I Mayo. Did, I didn't know where, you know, because obviously the Heinz ketchup situation. Sure. I, I, I don't know how it uh, how Heinz it a little dicey, the- though, now. I mean, we're still, I think, very um, loyal to Heinz. Yes. We don't accept generic ketchups. But there's a little bit, a little bit of um, some animosity because they took their name off the stadium. Right. They didn't want to. They didn't want to come up with the dough, and then plus they pulled a lot of jobs out of Pittsburgh. So Heinz uh, is kind of on the outs. My sister went to us. college in Duquesne, and she said, "If, she, if they get out of here, yeah. really? Mm-hmm. She went a to, Duquesne Duke? Yes, she was a Duquesne <laughs> Mary Papert School of Music. She was a she's a Duquesne Duke. Oh, that's great stuff. And you uh, should tell David Tepper that he'd love it. And uh, she <laughs> says, whenever they throw, whenever they throw that house recipe garbage at her, she uh, she leaves. She won't even eat. So are you guys taking Carolina on Sunday? I am. Reluctantly. Uh, uh, I'm, I, I am reluctantly. some hesitation He's, here. Listen to him. He's no, no, a 49ers no, 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 fan. No, 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 no. So the only thing I say is that I feel like just growing up in this town, I have a theory called Queen City Magic, where things happen here that just do don't it. happen other places. Okay. And I feel like this would be so Panthers of them with all the momentum pointing towards them winning and Tampa Bay playing against a tough opponent for them to get right back on top of the division or right there. I feel like it would be so Panthers for them to go in there and blow this game. No, yeah. it, no, it would be Panthers for them to win this week and then lose to the Lions on Christmas <laughs> well, Eve. Well, see, the Lions got a good offense. Now, I feel like, I feel like that's... And they to me the Lions. If sure. they run the ball, they'll beat the Steelers. But that's I think, that, yeah, that I'm just simple. saying it would be so Panthers for them to lose and then Tampa to win. So I'm just like, man, I think on paper, really, the Panthers should beat them. Mm-hmm. You hear that, guys? Mm-hmm. I said the Panthers should beat them. Okay. But I just feel like, man, something just tells me, man, they might blow this thing. And and if you t- and if you are tired about hearing about the Arby's package uh, this week, there is an Arby's right down the street. Yes. So, you guys got a great thing going here. Keep it up. Thanks for having me in studio. We appreciate it, man. Be back, guys. Thank you. Very Andrew Pony joining us on uh, Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. Uh, it is not Josh's favorites. Do you have a flash for us, uh, Anthony, or are you... Uh are you unprepared to do that right now? Because you're feeling. I'm just in here, just holding on, baby. No, I got it. I just, I don't, don't know don't what to... music he. I would forget what he, music he, he uses. He uses the primetime music. Oh, that is right. That is right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah. Bum, bum, can, can Willie just sing it for us here? <laughs> well, guys, we have news coming out. Willie, your New York Jets, by the way, are going back to. Zach Wilson. <laughs> yeah, I know. At starting quarterback. And, I, and, I, and I'm distraught over the whole Mike, thing. Mike, the reason why Mike White um, is declared out for... Yeah, a cook. He is declared out for this game. So, Willie, how are you feeling about the fact that Zach Wilson not only goes from being the backup to being the starter again, he was not even active for the last game. Joe Flacco was active. He goes from being inactive to now the starter for the New York Jets this weekend. Crucial game as well for the Jets uh, coming up. I would I would take Zach Wilson in a challenge of trying to get old ladies' phone numbers in a bar. 
I don't know if I'd take him as my quarterback right now based on the way oh, wow. that he's played over the course of his uh, last couple of weeks. Uh, I'm not necessarily sold on it yet, Wes, just because of the fact that I still feel like he makes a lot of boneheaded throws. He does not know how to throw the football away. Yeah, I feel like now these quarterbacks come into the league more ready than ever a lot of times because of a lot of the training that they have. Not saying guys are going to come in and be superstars, but for him to have – uh, you know, the reputation he had coming in and all the upside, we just haven't seen much of it at all. He looks inept back there in the pocket. So I think that is a uh, tough signal for him going forward. I feel like we really should have started the flash talking about the dominance of my Niners last night. Mm. Okay, we need to be, mm. you know, that's what we need to be talking about. Do, do we really need to, though? <laughs> now, congratulations. The Niners won the division in case anybody didn't realize that's that. That's right, in case more, you didn't know. More importantly, Tyler Lockett does end up breaking a finger in the loss. So Seattle, man, what a season they had going, but they are completely t- crashing here. Do you the get the feel that Geno's turning back into the Geno we know and love? He's always a little bit of that in him, isn't it? Yeah. He's always like a little he's... bit of that in him. Uh, I did want to at least reiterate the news that uh, I didn't mean to gloss over it while Filippone was in here, but the Steelers are listing quarterback Kenny Pickett as doubtful for Sunday's game against the Panthers. They will announce a starting quarterback Saturday, according to Adam Schefter. Many believe it will become between the choice of Mitch Trubisky or Mason Rudolph. Weston Walker, Sports Radio 9-7 WFNZ. Willie in for Walker. We'll come back with a campus corner next on WFNZ. Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Thanks again to Andrew Filippone, who was, uh, he, he, he wasn't necessarily, uh, he wasn't necessarily optimistic about Sunday. <laughs> you get the, Do you get that feeling when you talk to him? Yeah, man, but I like that real raw, you know, delivery telling me the real deal, man, because I've been wondering about the Najee Harris thing, too, because I was wondering, I was going to ask him how worried should Panther fans be about him, because, I mean, you watch the Steelers play, and he just doesn't you know, jump off the screen. He doesn't have these big explosive plays like he did at Bama. Mm. And so when he was saying that he felt like he was a disappointment, I really wanted to get the insight as if it was uh, or if it was the offensive line or him. He's so. been dealing with some bumps and bruises too, if I recall as well. So he's, yeah. he's not been totally healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, bagel guy, by the way, I want to call this guy out because uh, he's angry at me because I don't like the Yankees. And yes, bagel guy, I'm very happy for you that you got Carlos Rodon in your rotation. He said, let's be honest. Willie P is picking the Panthers, but won't be mad if the Steelers win because he won't have to dance again. Nay, 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 nay. I want to dance. I'm begging to dance. I want to dance all over this place if the Panthers win. They will be dancing. I will dance if I want to, and it will be all over the place. So, no, I am not hoping for a Steeler win, bagel guy. You can be, uh, be, be uh, okay with that. And text from 980 said, uh, your singing spoiled my fun, Willie. My wife couldn't handle it and turned the station. Well, your wife has terrible taste. Present company excluded. Oh, boy. that's <laughs> Present company excluded. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's time for a campus corner. Let's move on to the campus corner. <laughs> Do we have the campus corner music? I hope so. There I was go. about to say, yeah, we had a different uh, music playing when we came back from breaks. So it's, it's cracking me up. It's all good. <laughs> bowl season is underway yes. presently. We've got the Bahamas Bowl on behind us between, as I'm scrolling now, 
the Miami of UAB, yes. Miami of Ohio, yes. not the Cane. Yes, Miami University of Ohio and UAB. We also have later today Troy and UTSA. That's mm-hmm. a couple of uh, couple of champions there with those two. Each team on a ten game winning streak. Yeah. So that's good stuff from Orlando, the uh, the Cure Bowl, if you will, with those two. Uh, we got Cincinnati and Louisville, little uh, cross state matchup there. The Scott Satterfield Bowl that doesn't include Scott yes. Satterfield. Uh, the Celebration Bowl in Atlanta with the two HBCUs, Jackson State. State and NC Central. That's Jackson State without Deion Sanders. BYU-SMU, the L.A. Bowl between Fresno State and Washington State and a bunch of others. What's uh, tickling your fancy this weekend or just overall, Wes? Well, for one, I'm a little annoyed because if I recall, I think Popeye's was the sponsor of the Bahamas Bowl in the prior years to this year. So I'm a little frustrated they're no longer that just for those kids to get to eat some Popeye's chicken uh, during the week. (laughs) But, uh, I'm looking forward to the Cincinnati-Louisville game. Uh, I'll be doing those highlights on Saturday that you can catch on the ACCDN on all platforms. So that should be an interesting game. I want to see how Louisville's going to come out and respond because I think they're going to uh, go off in anger at their coach leaving them going to Cincinnati and to uh, show him up. So I like that one. Uh, then next Friday. I I was wondering if you're going to bring that up. Next Friday, man. We're going to have to take the picture with the fist up like we're going mm. to do the boxing match with Wake Forest taking on Missouri in what will be Sam Hartman's last game uh, as a member of the Demon D. The Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl between Missouri and Wake Forest. Yeah. Do we have to put a wager on this? Is there, is there Does it need to be some sort of uh, friendly... Friendly hysteronics. It is a bowl game. Like if this was a regular season game, I'd, I'd I'd feel a little bit more like they would needed to be some action on it. But like bowl games are so finicky. Guys sit out by 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 this time next week. You could have probably five Missouri offensive players out or six defensive players from Wake Forest out, and you don't feel like you get a true representation of each team. Plus, my trust in Sam Hartman is a little dicey, man, in oh. bowl games. You I sound mean, like me and Brady Cook about a month and a half ago. Yeah, last year, you know, he played against a downtrodden Rutgers team that got in just off a phone call because uh, the team that they were supposed to play could not make it. So I don't really count that one, but we know what it looked like when he came down here to Charlotte and play Wisconsin. That was like a nightmare, so I don't know if I trust him. So I'm going to stay away from the wager. Uh, someone says, talk about the Gator Bowl, please. Well, we can do that if you would like to talk about the Gator Bowl because it is a big contest with Notre Dame and South Carolina. We're going to talk about the coordinator hire with Shane Beamer coming up next hour, but this is an interesting and intriguing matchup between Notre Dame and South Carolina because yeah. you got two teams. I think the motivation is definitely there for both. Notre Dame kind of feels like they had their season taken away from them with a couple of losses under a brand-new head coach. And South Carolina, I think, is out to prove that they are better than the players that have basically flocked en masse away from that program, Jaheim Bell, Marshawn Lloyd, etc., away from them inside the transfer portal. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those finicky bowl games that you talk about. South Carolina comes in there riding high, and I think it's intriguing, too, because this is not a matchup that you get to see that often. I don't know the last time that South Carolina and Notre Dame played. Oh, actually, since 1984. So uh, this is a matchup that will be intriguing to see. I guess that was a Joe Morrison joint, I'm guessing, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, so to see if Beamer can keep the momentum going for them going in 
to the offseason and see if the cupcakes can uh, get the win against uh, Notre Dame. Uh, another one of those finicky bowl games that probably looked a lot better on paper until you realized no Hendon Hooker, no Jalen Hyatt yeah. for Tennessee. It was that Tennessee-Clemson contest. I would have loved to see those two teams come together at full strength. Uh, it is not going to be that coming up uh, here around New Year's when Clemson takes on Tennessee. But I still think there's a lot from this one to gain if you are Clemson because little momentum off of the way that that season ended with the ACC championship. They, it was very cathartic of a victory for them over North Carolina. I think there's a little bit of a, a striving from Dabo to basically take this into the offseason and prove, hey, by the way, we are still Clemson, even though uh, that streak against South Carolina is over. Well, yeah, but that's what they had to do last season. They had to do the exact same thing. But that's the thing about this Clemson program. I asked them when I was talking to them after the game, doing interviews with guys, and I asked them, I said, it doesn't matter what's in front of this team. They lose to South Carolina. College football playoff goes up in smoke. But they just come out and play hard no matter what happens, who they line up against. And I posed a question to you, and I asked this Mm. uh, to the crew as well. In these bowl games, when guys do decide to sit out, does it completely just kill your interest for the game? Or are you excited for, like, especially programs like Clemson and Tennessee that you get a little bit of a preview of what's to come. It almost feels kind of the way that we used to think about spring football in a way. Yes, it feels yeah. it feels like a spring game to me. And it's a little bit different. It does kind of kill the competitive vibe. And you and I were actually talking about this during the break. Like you, you went to one uh, bowl game while you were in school. I went to a couple. You went as a player. I didn't go as a player. <laughs> but I do feel like they did used to mean more. Shut up, Anthony. I know you had a line going ready to go. Mm-hmm. Old speed rusher Willie P off the edge. Easy. Dude, from easy, Missouri. easy. Easy, Sally. Okay. I, I was I was a preferred walk-on. Just kidding. Uh, but from, from the standpoint. Yeah, to the broadcasting program. Exactly. Um, <laughs> from... From the standpoint of where these games, I felt like they used to they used to mean more to these players. It doesn't mean as much anymore, and, and that's the thing that I feel like we've lost with that. But I think for the ones who do go and the ones that do play, it still does mean something for them. No question about it, man. I feel the same way as you do. I hate these guys sitting out. I feel like if you sign up to play the season, you need to play the entire season because you use the season to improve your draft stock, whether it's going to the NFL draft or to be able to go to another program in the portal. So I can't stand it. I'm a guy that if you sign up to ride, you need to ride the whole way and play this thing out. But uh, in these games, when you're talking about these upper echelon programs like a Clemson, like a Tennessee, where you have four and five star kids waiting in the wings, I think that does provide a level of excitement. I just want, I guess the main thing I would say, I want good quarterback play. Like, Mm -hmm. don't get me to where guys don't play and then the quarterback play is awful. Like, you got a guy in there that's just completely not ready to go and just doesn't step out and look like he's ready to Uh, take control of the program so that's the only thing that I would say but other than that for a game like Clemson and Tennessee I'm intrigued because I'm going to get to see a lot of new faces that I'll be seeing uh, in the future North Carolina gets the cozy trip out to San Diego they play Oregon again we wonder how much of their secondary will still be there Uh, unfortunately uh, there'll (laughs) be a lot going on there and uh, we'll keep an eye on all these other games as we go throughout the month of December and into January we'll come back though the big one is Sunday Carolina and the Pittsburgh Steelers we have the Panthers injury report out there and one prominent Panther is on it Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.